everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Book Goodies author series of podcasts. I'm your host, Deborah Carney, and today I'm joined by author Madeline McLaughlin. Hi, Madeline. How are you? Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm just dandy. Um, I'm really glad you decided to speak to us today. Um, why don't you tell the introduce yourself to the folks that are listening? Okay, I'm Madeline McLaughlin. And uh, I'm living up here in Ottawa, Canada. And, um, uh, well, I'm about 54 years old, and I started seriously writing a little older. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, uh, I, I did some writing in high school and stuff, and they all, and my teacher said it was the, the best student writing they'd seen. Uh, but I didn't pursue it back then. Uh, I waited until, until I was uh, in my 40s before I started seriously again. And I imagine you had kids and stuff in the in the meantime that kept you from doing stuff. Uh, no, actually, I didn't. I was working. Okay. And uh, you know, just did various jobs, mostly jobs that kept me active, like enumerating and stuff like that, walking around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have kids. Uh, I have a long-term relationship with my roommate, and um, that's. Uh, he didn't really want kids, and I didn't really want kids, but we <laughs> like other people's kids. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, so what inspired you to get back into writing? Um, well, I was thinking of something I could do from home. Mm-hmm. I got to a point where uh, my knee was uh, injured, and I couldn't walk around anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted something I could do at home. So uh, I thought, well, maybe I'll, I'll take, uh, say, a correspondence course in writing, creative writing, mm-hmm. and uh, then I'll just go back into it. And, and that's what I did. Awesome. And right now what you have published is uh, a little short story, and you want to tell us a little bit about it? Like you said, it's a short story, so you don't want to give away too much. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, called The Mountain City Bronzes. And it takes place in a small town in the mountains. And uh, Kevin is a, a about an eight-year-old boy, and his father runs the jail. And since it's such a small town, there aren't many people in the jail, so he gets to wander around as much as he wants in the jail, except there's this one door that's always locked, and he desperately wants to see what's in there, but his dad won't let him. And the tale hangs on that. Okay. And that sounds fascinating. And how did you come up with the idea like that? Do you, you know, do you know someone that runs a jail, or is it just totally made up? Uh, the, the jail part is made up, although, you see, I imagine that small towns have uh, empty jails because I don't imagine a lot of people are lawbreakers. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, uh, so, you know, it's just sort of an imaginary thing, you know. I, right. I, I don't even know. Maybe they, the small towns send their, their jailbirds somewhere else. But Well, and I like that it's, you know, you've totally made it up. It's, a, it's your own little world. So that's fine. That's what writers do. We make up our own little worlds. Exactly. So um, now you, um, you self-publish this? Uh, no, I published it with uh, Muse It Up Publishing. Okay. And and that's a, that's an e-book publisher. And, well, they actually do publish um, um, traditional books, too, but only after, like, they publish the e-book, and if it's long enough, then they'll publish a year later it as a 
traditional book, a paper book. Okay. And but they started as an ebook publisher, and uh, you know they have editors and line editors and and the whole schmoozle there, and uh, so it's really done in a professional way, and they've won a lot of awards. So it's a it's a really good uh, publishing house. Very cool. And what was their name again? Muse it up publishing. Oh, I like it. Um, yeah, that's a really cool well, name. I would I would like to talk to them just to find out how they came up with their name. <laughs> I have a feeling it's because the people who started it are both Greek, and so the muse is kind of Greek. Okay. I have a feeling that's what it is, but I can tell them you're interested in talking to them. That'd be great. Um, We like talking to publishers that help out, you know, authors like yourself that are, I mean, it's a short story, and a lot of places wouldn't even bother with it. And you're right. But with uh, e-readers, uh, short stories are a wonderful thing because there's a lot of times when, you know, you're sitting someplace and reading and you just want something short to read and, and keep your attention and be entertained by. Yeah, that's right. And you don't have to go buy a whole big book of short stories just to get to one or two you like. You can just buy the one for 99 cents. And, and there you, you go. Know. Um, do you have plans to write some more short stories? or? I have some in the works, a couple more horror. I have a longer one, 15,000 words, so it's, I guess you'd call it a novella. Okay. Uh, but I have a couple more horror short stories I'm working on. Okay. I'm always curious how people, co- I mean, you don't sound like a woman that would be writing about horror. <laughs> I'm always curious about how um, you know how people fall into their genre. Is it just stories that come to your mind, or h- how's your writing process? Well, number one, I think if if you're attracted to horror, then sometime in your life you've had a lot of phobias: fear of water, fear of heights, fear of dogs. And I was like that as a small child. Mm-hmm. I had, I had, a, we grew up uh, on a, on like not on a beach, but by a beach. And there was a pier, and and there were little cracks in the pier about an inch wide. And I was always terrified I was going to fall through them. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's totally ridiculous. And my mother would say, "You can't fall through those. You're a lot bigger than an inch." You know. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a phobia, and I think. Uh, if you have phobias, then you're you're really all set to write horror because you know about irrational fears. That's that's a wonderful explanation, and I'm right with you there on the cracks and the you're you always worry that that one plank in front of you is going to fall down, and then you're going to fall down with it. Oh, definitely, <laughs> all the way into the ocean, and of yeah. course, I couldn't swim when I was real small. Right. So, yeah, but it is really an irrational fear, and I never thought of it that way. So that's, you know, that's great. Uh, now, I, now I have a little understanding, and um, I, I know that people that, that write horror aren't just people with twisted minds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't all been dropped on our heads, right? <laughs> I think that's what Clive Barker said. They asked him why he wrote horror. He said, well, somebody dropped me on my head. Yep, <laughs> yep. So, but um, that was a great explanation. And for people who, um, now you write under your own name, you don't write under a pen name. No, my own name. And I leave out my middle name, which is Anne, but I leave that out. But. Okay. Um, I, I was thinking that maybe some people would write under a pen name on something that they're uncomfortable letting other people know that they've like dug out of the dark side of their brain. Um, uh, I didn't feel like that. I, I thought, um, 
I thought people who like horror, they kind of like the people who write horror. You know, they may think they're a little strange, but, you know. And anyway, you might get associated by face. There you go. You know what I mean? Like, if you put your picture up, then they'll associate you by face. And eventually, if you get popular, they're going to find out your real name anyway. (laughs) You know? That's a really good point. I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna so write it. I guess it's kind of optimistic, you know. I was gonna write. That I use my own name. Yep, I was gonna write something under a pen name, and now you just talked me out of it because oh. <laughs> I wanted to get popular, and then all of a sudden yeah. I'll be is, out is there. Is it horror? The, no, it's not horror. Well, it could be. Yeah, it's actually more fantasy sci-fi. Um, oh sure, that's great. You know, that could go to the to the side of horror. So yeah. Sure. <laughs> and then I wanted to do some um, like creative nonfiction, which is like based on things that have happened in the past and people that I've known in the past, and you know, fictionalize those characters. And then I didn't want anybody to know who they were. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, yeah. That's that, that could be. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Because if there are other writers, then they'll do that to you in their next story. They'll put you in. <laughs> <laughs> Another good point. Um, yeah. So, how did you manage to find your publishing company? Well, uh, I when I started writing, I found a critique uh, website called Critique Circle, and you post uh, little bits of what you're writing, what you want critiqued, and the other members critique it. Okay. And then suddenly, on what they call the brag thread, which is like a forum where people brag about what they've published. Right. This. This company kept showing up. I'm published by Muse It Up. I'm being published by Muse It Up, and they were excited. So I thought, well, why don't I just try Muse It Up? That sounded. That sounds good to me. Oh, it was good. It is good, and there are uh, uh, a few people on Critique Circle being published by Muse It Up. And it sounds like uh, is it like a message board, or is it just like a, a website that just has. Um, Places where people can chat? How is that? I, I've never heard of Critique Circle, and it sounds uh, fascinating to me. Well, it, it's like, uh, say you write something 3,000 words, say, and, and it's, a, and it's a, say, a, a, a thriller. Well, then they have a, a queue, they call it, and you put it up there, thriller, and then you get maybe seven critiques from different people who tell you where your weak parts and strong parts are. And then they have a place called Forums, and there's, you know, uh, subject titles, and the one I'm talking about was called the brag thread. Okay. And that just means whenever you publish something, you just can brag about it right there. Nice. And they would exchange, like, I'm being published by this certain sci-fi mag, and then suddenly up comes the, these people being published by Music Up. Okay. Very cool. That's a great way to find it, because now you're, you're going by word of mouth, and you know that other people have been successful, and you're not just, and you're kind of cold calling when you send them something, but you can say, hey, you know, I know these other authors are working with you, and that kind of gets them to pay attention to you a little bit more, probably. Uh, well, I didn't, I actually didn't say that. I just, I don't even remember what I said. I think I just gave them a straight bio and then just uh, emailed it in because it's, uh, you know, ebook, so you don't mail anything, you just email. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Back then, you know, it was really quick, and I got my answer in about uh, six weeks, I think. Okay, cool. From when I sent it in, and, and I was happy. I was actually kind of happy and sad because my dad had passed away in September, 
and I got this acceptance in November. Okay. So I was sad that he missed that, but but I was happy too. There you go. That's and you know he can see that you're writing anyway. So if you believe in that kind of thing. Uh yeah, he's looking on from the other world and yep. he's having a beer and he's saying, well, well, that that's good. There, I like it. You can have a toast to him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and what words of advice would you have for someone who was um, just starting out as a writer and, and they were, you know, thinking about it, but they're not sure? Well, I think if you're not sure, then the best way to go about it is to get, is to get like, on a site like Critique Circle where they encourage you. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not allowed to, to like, say, oh, you're terrible. You know, they're not, a, they're not allowed to insult you or anything. They say positive, constructive criticism. Right. So it's encouraging, and, and to get people to like you, you can go on that site, and they can tell you, hey, I think this is a really good story, to sort of get some, some self-confidence and belief in yourself, because... You know, not everybody is that kind of hard-headed person that knows they want to be a writer from the second grade and nothing's going to stop them, not even war or death or anything. Right. Most people need to be encouraged. Yeah. And so I think the best thing to do is find a place to encourage you. Okay. That sounds really great. And that's great advice because I know a lot of um, potential writers are a little shy because when you write from the heart, you you feel like, um, you know... Vulnerable. If nobody likes it, you're very vulnerable. Yes, exactly. That's right. If nobody likes my writing, nobody likes me. Right. That's like me they're not liking, you know? Yep. yep. And as writers, we need to kind of separate that off a little bit. Once you've finished, you know, your baby or while you're working on it, you know, if you go on to someplace that will give you constructive criticism... I love that they, you know, they won't let anybody just say, oh, this is horrid. You know, they can say, well, this needs a little work here or there. Um, Oh, definitely. That's much better than hearing your story sucks. (laughs) Well, in fact, the story that that I've published, The Mountain City Bronzes, that's where I perfected it, is on Critique Circle. Okay. And I got a lot of feedback from that. That's, that sounds like something we'll definitely put in your show notes so that we can uh, send more writers over there. Um, okay. I know that um, Goodreads is another place that some people get critiques from, but sometimes they're not always nice. Uh, yeah, because uh, they're not dealing with other people. Sometimes I think that are, are writers, they're just dealing to see it like a reader's response, right. which can be harder than harsher than a writer's because a writer knows what it feels like to... To be hurt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Readers don't care. They're just like, this sucks. I didn't like it. Um, That's right. Whereas another writer will say, you know, like we said before, they'll say, well, this part is a little weak. You might want to strengthen that. And you might want to say this a different way. And you might want to consider that, you know, uh, the second or third chapter is actually where your story starts instead of back in the first chapter. Exactly. Exactly. Because... You know, uh, being an older person, uh, I'm used to, like, the, the gentle introduction where you introduce the characters and all that. But nowadays, it's like they want to start right at the action. Yeah. You know, right at the start, they want the action. So that was something I had to work on. Yeah, and that's probably why I'm having an issue, because I'm doing the same thing. I was starting soft, 
And yeah. you can't, you know, like you put the first chapter out and you're like, why is nobody buying this? And it's because the first chapter doesn't give them enough excitement. Um, that's exactly right. To pull them in. So that's a very good point. Um, see, I'm learning from you already. That's, that's <laughs> well, where, I'm glad. I'm that's, glad. That's the point. You know, our listeners listen so that everybody that we talk to gives them a little nugget of advice that they didn't know before. So, okay, so now how are you going about marketing your book or your, you know, your story? Well, uh, I tried a bit of the old-fashioned way. I made up posters and put them up on on our poster colors. Uh, That didn't work too good. And uh, I took out an ad in uh, a traditional magazine. That didn't work out too good. And I made bookmarks, and I send them to the library, and I send them to, like, writer conferences and stuff. Uh, I don't know if that's working out or not, but at least I'm getting my bookmarks and my cover and my name out, so I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly promo. I, I guess online I, I try to use Facebook and Twitter and a blog and, and stuff like that. Okay. And what's your blog? It's called Madeline's World. Oh, I like that. And it's just about people I've met or things that have happened to me, sometimes in my opinion or something I read in the news that, that maybe upsets me and I think, well, people ought to know about this or something. So, Right. And then you talk about your book on your site, as, on your blog as well. Uh, once in a while, I just because, you know, I don't want to, like, uh, overkill. Like, right. like, every time somebody goes to my blog, they're going to read all about my story. Or else my, my blogs would be longer than my story. So I just, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll just sort of write the whole blog and then just say uh, at a sentence and you can buy my book at, and I'll put up Amazon or, or Music Up Publishing. And nice. then leave it up to them. Nice. I like it. Um, what else can you, what else, what else do you want to tell new writers that are out there? Or, is, or writers... Not, not necessarily new writers, but writers that have stuff that they're afraid to publish. Well, um, what I think is, you know, keep your dream. Like, if you've always dreamed to be a... Like, when I was working, and I would meet people, and they would want to be writers, but they didn't have the time, you know? And I, you know, in my opinion, you know, keep the dream going, because, you know, someday when you're 50 or retired... You'll pick up your pen if you want to do it and, you know, do it. Yep. And I have uh, one of the other authors that I spoke to earlier in the week. Um, he told me that he had an entire uh, set of notebooks in his closet that he had written through the years. And suddenly he realized that, you know, if he didn't get them out of the closet and do something with them, no one would ever read them, including his children. And his children didn't even know that he wrote stuff. So he decided it was time to bring them out, dust them off, and polish them up. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, I know that uh, James Harriet, the, the veterinarian turned writer, I mean, he made millions of dollars. I love him. I love his writing. Yes, and he's so funny. You know, but the thing is, he read his whole life, and he, and he kept his notes and stuff. And then finally one day he did it. Yep. I am such a fan of his. I think I have probably bought every one of his books in um, paperback or hardcover. Plus, I bought all the unabridged audio books so that I could just listen to them 
and just play them in the background and get a chuckle when you need to. Oh yeah, they're so funny. They you, they, you just laugh out loud with them. And and I was so sad when he passed away, you know. Yeah. And I read the book that his son wrote about his life. Right. And and uh, I, he was an interesting man, you know. Yeah, I love the stories about him driving, you know, miles and miles through the through the snow and whatever to get to a farm and you know and then they ended up you know instead of always getting paid money he would get like you know food or a pig oh, yeah, yeah. or <laughs> a big hunk of butter or something yeah yeah and then they, he would sit down to meals with the farmers and just eat away on their sausages and all and everything yep so you're never too old to start because like you said he started at 50 and if he didn't give us those stories, you know, we wouldn't be, there would be something missing, you know. I mean, we wouldn't yeah. know we were missing it, but having, I'm better off for having read it. I, you know, I learned a lot about the English countryside and about things were, how things worked and how things happened. And, and it was delightful to read his books. It is, and and it's it's almost like you don't notice it, but he's a really good writer. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, his descriptions of people—they're just spot on. They don't waste any words, and he's a really terrific writer. So, I mean, you can learn about writing from him too. Yeah, and it's a lot about storytelling. Like your story is a short story, but that's all it needed to be. There was no reason for it to be a novel. You were able to, you know, you tell your story in whatever amount of time it takes to tell your story. That's right. Well, you know, people are sort of natural-born storytellers, mm-hmm. and they all, you know, there's there's a basic way to tell a story. Like if somebody goes and to work and there's something happened to them on their way to work, you know, they'll take out all the extraneous parts and just have, put in what's exactly important to their story. So it's a very natural thing, mm-hmm. you know? And there's a long story that you can tell, and there's a short story when you're talking to people. So it's just sort of an offshoot of, of what's natural for people. Well, and that goes back to the fact that, you know, in the past, in the medieval ages, you know, there's always been storytellers. And, you know, like you, you, you just said it, you know, you do the short synopsis for the people at work because they don't want to hear about every little thing. And uh, people tell me that I go into too much detail when I'm telling the supposedly short stories. So I guess uh, in my case, I'll start recording things that I say because I'll tell a story and uh, and then I won't write it down. So um, that's another thing for people to consider is that uh, these days you have uh, programs that can um, translate from when you're speaking into a microphone or that you can just straight up record uh you know, however long you want and send it off to a transcriber. So even if you're not comfortable with the writing, you can still get your story across. Oh, for sure. That would be great for anybody who was blind and wanted to write. Mm-hmm. Or like a friend of mine told me that, you know, she has a, an elderly uh, relative that has arthritis and he's trying to write his memoir. And it's like, have him just tell the darn stories into a microphone and you know, transcribe it and have him reread it and go through it and see if it's right, you know, if the transcription is right. And instead, he's, he's you know, typing, and then to make it easier, he's typing on an iPad. And I'm like, those aren't easier to type on. Oh, for sure. And that's a good way for, like, a non-writer, too. I remember one of my old cousins, he would have been about 
80 years old, uh, one of his, his young, young great-grandsons wanted a story of his life. Yeah. Because his mother was a war bride, and he came, he was born in, I guess, 1916, and he knew all about farming through the Depression and stuff like that. And so they just sat him down and and asked questions, and he just talked and talked and talked and talked, and so... Uh, that's a good way if if you're not a writer like like an interviewer. Eh? I guess interviewers have always used it, but you know it was a little more in depth than just an interview. Yes, definitely. Um, and you know that is that's such an important point too. And I know we're getting a little off track from from you and your story, but okay, <laughs> it's really it's really important for people to try and capture the stories from our you know, from the older generations, because, you know, once they're gone, their stories are gone with them. Oh, definitely. I, I'm not, one of my hobbies is uh, genealogy, mm-hmm. and so I know that when you talk to the old people, they remember everything, everything yep. about cousins, aunts, uncles, and the way it was, they know everything. Yeah. Their long-term memory is wonderful. It's just the short-term memory that's a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. Um, well, let's get back to you and, and and your book. You said you're using things like Facebook and Twitter and your blog. Are you using sites like Goodreads or Shelfari or any of those other things? Um, do you have your book on those or a page? Well, on uh, on Facebook, if you can put up a link uh, to your buy page on Muse It Up or on on and then you you just uh, you just put it up and then it'll it'll be active right on Facebook so people okay. can go to Facebook. Well, it's not up. I fan page and I don't have a book page. I just have my personal page. Okay. But but I put my book up there once in a while. So if anybody wants to uh, to take a look, they can look. Okay. Awesome. And uh, go ahead. No, I was just saying and on on Amazon. And uh, you can also read um, an excerpt. Okay. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, you can read just the start of it. Okay. That's really cool. Like you said, you had to switch it around so that the start came quickly instead of of being a slow intro. Um, Yeah. And... Are they... Does Muse It Up help you with your your, uh, marketing... Apparently, it sounds uh, the, like they the only way the only way they help you is they'll they'll if if uh, the uh, if our editor finds a, a a place you can promote, she'll put the link up okay on your email so that you can go there. But part of the contract you sign says that you're you're responsible for your own promotion. Right, but it's good that they at least have the resources, like you said, to be able to reach out to you and say, hey, here's a good place for you to go post your book. Or oh yeah, a good place for you to to do this or that. So yeah, and it's quite a learning experience, you mm-hmm. know. Like somebody like me, I don't know anything about computers or the internet. I don't even know how how come if you type in a web address, it comes up. I don't know anything. <laughs> so it, it's quite a learning curve to find all the different sites out there and all the different places people have to uh, disperse information. Right. Now, what's your typical day like? Do you are you know when you're when you're writing, are you doing um, do you limit yourself to how much time you spend on social media and you spend so much time writing every day? Well, basically, I get up in the morning and check my emails and uh, and all, all the stuff on online, and then I just shut it down, and then I go out for a while, 
like I get up about five in the morning. So uh, by six, I'm finished all, all the, the the start things, and then I I just go out because it's nice and cool, and I walk around. Then I come back, and then I do some more, and then I start writing usually around one or two in the afternoon, and then I just go for how long it goes. Sometimes it's very short. Sometimes it's it's hours. Okay. And do you try to do some writing every day, or is it just the days that you feel like it? Um, I try to write at least five times a week. Okay. Uh, but I know that, for me anyway, to take a break usually helps me because then you can sort of step back and, and then when you look at it, it's fresh. Yep. Yep, exactly. Well, this has been a wonderful interview. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Um, do you have any last parting thoughts you would want to give any of the authors that are, that are out there listening? Well, just, uh, if you don't do it, you won't do it. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. Okay. That is, that is actually very perfect. If you don't do it, you won't do it, and nobody will get that's to read right. it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so, okay. Um, tell us the name of your blog. Tell us the website of your blog. The web, oh, it's HTTP and uh, colon slash slash M-A-D-W-O-R-L-D-C-A um, dot blogspot dot com. Okay. Awesome. And for your Facebook, they can just do a search for Madeline McLaughlin and they can find you? Sure. Okay, cool. Um, and we put that out there for the people that might be listening on and uh, through iTunes and they might be you know, away from their computer right now and I want them to remember you so that they will go back to, uh, when they get back to their computer, they can go find your blog. Um, thank I, you. And I want to thank you for being my guest today. It's been delightful to talk to you. And for all of you that are listening out there, if you aren't on our website, you found it somewhere else, please go to bookgoodies, B-O-O-K-G-O-O-D-I-E-S dot com. And you will type in, the, type in Madeline and you'll find the podcast. And you can leave us some comments and you can tell us if there's something you want to know more about. And up at the top of the page, there's a Contact Us button so that you can um, offer to be a guest. Or, again, you can tell us a topic you would like us to cover. And also, uh, there's a place to tell us about your book. And if you're a book blogger, there's a place to submit your book blog so that writers can find your book blogs. And, um, as always, we want to thank Geek Cast, which is geek as in computer geek, cast as in podcast, dot FM. And you can go over there and find uh, not only our author podcasts, but work at home uh, podcasts and also uh, a lot of podcasts about internet marketing and marketing in general. So, um, again, that was geekcast.fm. And as always, we want to thank you for listening. I want everybody listening to get writing and have a great day. <laughs>